0: You can find them at megavoice.com or you'll find a link in the show notes and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them and with that, I'll get you back into the regular program.
1: Do you want to know more about those who labor among you? We'll talk about that and more. This is the Engaging Mission Show. Episode 159 with Brian Ensminger of Engaging Missions. Welcome to the Engaging Missions show, where we are bringing missions home. Here's your host, Brian Ensminger.
0: Well, welcome to the Engaging Missions show. Today is a little bit different. It's a special treat for me because we have Scott McClelland on the line and over the over the last year or so, since he was originally on the show, he and I have developed a bit of a friendship. I've been helping him with his podcast, and he's been contributing pretty regularly to the Engaging Missions show by offering us the Leadership Moment. So first off, just a huge thank you there. But this is also going to be different because I'm not having Scott return so that I can interview him. He's actually going to turn the tables and hear from me. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and turn the show over to Scott, and it's gonna, he's going to take us wherever he wants us to go.
2: All right. Thanks, Brian. It's a joy to be with you, and and the contribution we've had over time, I, I I feel has been a huge mutual benefit. So thanks also for what you're doing for FX missions and for the foundational me- missions leadership. Moment. <laughs> we're uh, we're stuttering right out of the gate here, so I'm, I'm thinking it's getting better. Anyway, I, I had originally had an idea to try to give people a chance to know you a little better to. You know, get a little more familiar with you as an individual. Obviously, the scripture encourages us to know those who labor among us. And I think that is really important. Also, I'm hoping to lift the lid here a little bit and get a a closer look at, you know, some of the things that the Lord's given you in terms of objectives, ideas, plans, even dreams for this effort. I, you know, I really appreciate what you're doing here and all the really the preparation, the content, and the quality of encouragement that's coming out of Engaging Missions Show is, for me personally, you know, very impactful. So I'm hoping to do whatever I can to keep you guys encouraged and hopefully help and add anything I can. So originally, I had the idea that someone would interview you, and you ran with that idea. I listened yeah. to that interview a few weeks ago and it was super encouraging. So I thought they were all softball questions. So. <laughs> Uh-oh.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: well, maybe not all of them, but I think the two of you who were interviewing have had a relationship for some time, and your your friendship and camaraderie was, was a blessing and very obvious. So I really enjoyed that time.
0: Well, thank you. Yeah, Alan's a great friend. I really enjoy knowing him.
2: Kudos to Alan if he hears this. I enjoyed that, and a lot of times when I'm driving, and which this year has been quite a bit, late at night trying to stay awake, I, I really consume Engaging mission show, you know, in five or six at a time. So it's been a real blessing, and I always leave super encouraged about what the Lord's doing in people and just the diversity of expression and diversity of guests that you have on. What a blessing.
0: Wow, thank you. I appreciate that.
2: All right. Well, we, with that, we'll jump right into the questions here, Brian. I've got Maybe more than we can get to.
0: <laughs> I, I was looking at the questions. I think you might be right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we
2: could always do a second installment of this if we get halfway through and, and we feel like it's worthy to continue. Okay. Uh, so with that, I'll jump right in. One thing that was of interest to me, I think it'll also be of interest to those who are regularly listening to Engaging Mission show. Can you tell us what inspired you to begin Engaging Mission Show and this effort in general?
0: Yeah, I mean, so I guess to kind of start off, if I could sum it up in a word, I think it would be a little bit of discontent. You know, I was looking around at my life and I was going, you know what, I think there's something more. I think there's something more that I'm supposed to be doing. And... I think maybe there's another level of fulfillment. So as I started looking around at the the different stuff, you know, there were a couple of things going into play. I started with, you know, what kinds of things am I good at? What kinds of things do I enjoy? And, you know, I I enjoy talking to people, especially one-on-one or in small groups. I big groups kind of freak me out sometimes, but I enjoy that. I really enjoy podcasts. I probably subscribe to 40 or more myself, so I enjoy the medium and I have the the ability and the skills to learn some of the technical things. I've got a little bit of background in audio production, so I kind of knew that that was there. So I thought, well that's that's great, but then who would I want to talk to? And as I thought about it, I was like I think that missionaries have a huge opportunity to share what's going on in their lives to encourage them as they're getting to share it because not everybody listens and then also to encourage the people that hear it to go, you know, I yeah, I see what's going on in the news. I know that there's stuff going on. I know that maybe I have financial problems or I have these kind of things, but I can hear that God is at work in the earth. And maybe from the experience of another believer, somebody perhaps overseas, maybe somebody just down the street, I can learn something that can make a difference in my life that maybe I can apply something or I can get some perspective around the struggles that I'm going to, going through rather. And so that's kind of what led me down that path. And so I just said, well, okay, if I'm going to do this, how do I do it? So I started with the missionaries I know, Alan Smith was the first person I interviewed because I know him. And then every time I talked to somebody, I said, okay, you know, First, first off, everybody that i talked to have, has just been stellar. These have been strong believers, wonderful people. And so then I connect with them and I say, okay, well, who else should I talk to? And allowing God to, on, or allowing me to honor the relationships that God has given me, and then to grow my network beyond that, to meet new people based on the people I already know. So allowing them to kind of filter through and go, you know what, I know this person, but maybe that wouldn't be a good person for the show. But this other person, that might be a really good person. And, and frankly, that's how I connected with you.
2: Yeah, I recall my good friends, the Lawrensons, who are currently in Thailand. Yeah, recommended that we meet each other, and and uh, what a blessing! I really enjoyed the interview that you did with them, and then of course we got a chance to meet there in Nashville and and spend a few minutes together with you and your family. So it's been a real blessing. That's interesting that you would say, you know, like maybe a little bit of discontent was driving you forward to inspire you, or maybe it's just something you were capable of there that you felt like would be worthwhile and was missing. I think that that is a large, that's a large strata of uh, believers, people who are active in their church, active in perhaps ministry inside of their church, Mm -hmm. but they feel like maybe there's something else they can do. So, or there's something else that they have to give. Uh, You know, I, I just say bravo to you for that, because... Following that out and uh, committing the thousands of hours that you now have in in, uh, in the effort is that's noteworthy and, and certainly appreciated on, on my side. So thanks for thanks for doing that.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. And if I could take that just a little step further, I do want to kind of maybe answer the question that hasn't been asked because. Sometimes when people step into something like this, people will assume that you heard a word from God, you know, that this is the thing you're supposed to do. And that's not what happened with me. You know, I I really felt like this was something I could do, but I never had that Voice, voice in the night, so to speak. But I thought, but I felt like I had a release to go forward with it. And then about three weeks into it, when things weren't going as well as I'd hoped, I was praying and going, okay, God, should I stop? And it was at that point that I felt like He, he directed me not to stop. So I got started sort of on my own volition, if you will, but then I, I feel like God came behind and said, no, this really is what I want you to do.
2: Absolutely. And I think as we mature as believers— sometimes the quantity of direct and sort of intrusive direction that that comes to us can wane you know we early on we might get we might get some real inspiration that comes
1: mm-hmm.
2: with uh with a heavenly vision or something to that effect then we're waiting for that in every occasion it doesn't have to be that way to be valid direction oh yeah so i i i I'm super glad that you did say that because I want to encourage people, you know, to get activated, to, to act on and step out. And that's what faith is, right? That's risk. That's getting out there and, and seeing what happens. And then of course, as you say, anything worthwhile is going to be difficult. Anything worthwhile is going to have adversaries going to have obstacles. Oh yeah. And, uh, that's the time when you need to do that double check like you did. So good. Uh, Good, good explanation. Thanks for filling that in for us. Sure. We definitely are going to need uh, fewer questions or more time, but I'm really <laughs> enjoying it. So thanks for that. Second question here, kind of along the same line. And I've got a number of questions that are I'm trying to group together mm-hmm. in terms of what they're asking or the general subject matter. How have you seen the original vision or the original what you launched in the beginning have you seen that mature and evolve?
0: Well, that that's a huge question. I guess you know. First, maybe just to be clear, I don't know that I have a clear vision yet of the end goal. I feel like it's taken me forever to get to to the place where I feel like I might have a, a vision for the next step, and I'm still just kind of plotting my eye pl- plotting along rather and keeping my eyes open. So I think that's one thing that's that's very much surprised me. A- another thing, you know. I realize that there are hundreds of thousands of vocational missionaries and church planters out there, but the idea that I would be now 140 plus episodes in, and I would have had enough guests in the queue to actually fill that, that to me is huge. You know, it was something I was counting on, but certainly a surprise. But I think maybe the thing that surprised me the most is not so much about the vision, but how how my heart has begun to be turned toward the guests and toward their ministries to the point where that's a big part of what I carry around with me now. I feel connected to them, even the ones that I haven't talked to in months or perhaps over a year now. I think about them when I'm praying, they come up. When I'm at church and in the middle of worship, sometimes they come up. It's not an every time thing, but I think that I never would have anticipated that level of compassion that level of connection and it makes me really happy because what i didn't want for the for this was for it to be dry just something that i do something that makes me feel good about me not that it doesn't but that it you know i feel like god's actually using this to transform me
2: wow yeah that that uh, i can see that I, I know that you know we get a perspective through conversation the interviews in your case for what someone else is trying to accomplish and what they're up against I remember I really was really encouraged by the big red box or whatever that interview was about the guy in Spain. I was just going, this guy, I mean, if there's an evangelist living, this guy's breathing out evangelism and super, super motivating me. And I really felt a connection through that. Reached out to some friends who are from his same general area of Minnesota to try to get them involved in engaging missions. And I think you may have made contact with one of those guys. So we're looking more from the the Minnesota guys here <laughs> on the basis of that. So very cool. Very cool. What, what has surprised you about the way things have developed?
0: Well, I, I think it kind of ties back to the previous one where we were talking about vision. You know, definitely the length of time that it's taken. I, I think that I had hoped that I would have, thousands of listeners by now, and I certainly have, I believe that I have thousands of people who have listened, but they're not always regular. Because I think one of the things that I never considered was that, or I didn't consider very deeply, was that a lot of people that stop by are connected to a particular missionary, and they care about that missionary, but they don't necessarily care to stick around, and I get that. But I never had any idea how much value that might offer for them to be able to hear in in that missionary or that church planter's own voice what's going on in their life to maybe ask questions that they hadn't considered or wouldn't even be able to answer because they you know they just didn't do it in in a lot of cases and so i think that's been really really interesting you know another thing that's really surprised me is i'm i I like to think that I'm relational, but in a lot of ways, I'm really not. I tend to be really task-oriented, but when I do find myself caring about people and caring about relationships, even to the point of, I think as I mentioned to you over email, investing in some relationship management software to help remind me to stay connected, because otherwise it's just out of sight, out of mind. Three years ago, I never would have thought of that just on the found, or just on the basis of staying connected with people that I care about, I would have wanted to use it for business purposes or to get ahead or something like that, rather than just go, you know what guy over in Asia, I care about him. And so I want to make sure I ping him every couple of months and just see what's going on in his life.
2: Wow. And uh, I. Thank God for hearts to do that and for the opportunity that's created in, in the uh, technological context that we live in these days. It's gotten, I'm, I'm in a technology business and have been for about 20 years. Yeah. And so I, I have seen that completely change, including the format we're doing this interview on right now. It was not, oh, yeah. a, it, it didn't exist back in those days. Yeah. When, of course I'm, when,
0: oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: I'm kind of locating myself from an age standpoint here. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, back when you were in radio, doing something that wasn't either face to face over the, or over the telephone, what would you have done?
2: That really was it. You know, we 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 tried to get close to people. I mean, we we would do what what they call remote broadcasts. I think they still that's mm-hmm. still something that radio does. But can you imagine the engaging mission show has a remote broadcast from the you know, the four corners of the world every, every week. And just like, you know, if it were a radio type program, Mm -hmm. you're broadcasting live from Asia, Europe, Africa, but you're doing it from Nashville. That, that is, I'm thankful for that development and I'm thankful for what it, the opportunity that it gives us.
0: Yeah, I enjoy that. And you know, you did key in on something that I hope at some point will become part of the portfolio, which is actually on location stuff, whether it's on location in the States, Maybe in the city that I live in, or something like that, or perhaps a short live broadcast overseas. Do I know how to make all that happen? Not yet, but you know, if that's what God wants, He'll provide the way.
2: Yeah, let's double back on that. I, that that turns my knobs right there. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> Hopefully, I in would, a good way.
2: <laughs> yeah, in a great way. I mean that that to me is is something that I, from the foundational missions or FX mission standpoint. Something that's been important to me is to give people an opportunity to see, experience, and feel what you would feel if you're on the ground. Oh, yeah. You know, I do that with pictures. We do it with audio. We do it with blogs and things like that. But I know for myself, I'm a late bloomer in mission. I didn't really get started until I was 35. You know, I've been in business, you know, all my adult life and young family all that stuff but uh, i was a late bloomer and didn't find out what types of opportunity and what i would what i would experience in these kinds of contexts or having these kinds of feelings and may have went my entire life without realizing that there was something that god was calling me to do that was far from home yeah so this is very exciting to me and i'll look forward to strategizing with you about that cool got a couple more in this section and we'll transition and i know you've got may have a break coming up if you want to flag me down on that next question in this grouping what contribution are you hoping that this effort makes or what results do you hope for and that i might also you might also look at that like what type of results do you currently think are possible obviously we talked a little bit about when you started what mm-hmm. you, what animated you, what got you kind of stepping forward. But as the picture changes, as we get involved in an effort, the types of things that we could imagine resulting from it also change and mature. Mm-hmm. What What are you seeing on that front?
0: Yeah, so the vision for that, I think, is much bigger than engaging missions, I think, will ever actually be. I think that engaging missions will probably be a small part of that. So when, when we start talking about that, you know, the the core of what I want to see is greater unity in the body of Christ. And in that what I want to see then is every single believer fully equipped, fully resourced, fully engaged in in fulfilling their calling where they are and then also fully enfranchised in the global mission of God, which then I think in my mind it means that every sent believer you know every missionary that's sent out somewhere is fully resourced. They're fully supported by their partners, and they do a killer job of enfranchising and pouring back into their partners, into the partners that support them. And then on the flip side, all of the believers back home, so to speak, are are able to see what God's doing and feel connected with it. And, and that's kind of the missions part of it. But beyond that, I want to see what I would like for every believer to see is the glory of God in the land of the living through the stories, through prayer, and then also through their personal experience. And that I think is maybe a couple of years off and it's something that I'm, I think, walking toward, but maybe not really walking in yet. So a lot of what I experience still is a lot of secondhand stuff. And I'm, I glorify God for that. It's the same as when you read the scriptures and you hear the stories of what God did in Acts. Those are good and those are important, but it's not quite the same as actually being involved. And so... I don't know exactly how that's going to look, but I think that's what I want to see happen.
2: Well, I think that that is within reach, and I think you're already touching some of the stuff that you're hoping to walk in. You know, there's wisps of reality that mm-hmm. are calling to you from the future, saying, hey, feeling this in a measure, but it's going, to, it's going to mature and become more more full. So I want to encourage you in that. I I, I know that the Lord will continue to lead you, and he'll— He'll make those things into a reality. Obviously, on a global scale, that's where we're walking toward. Mm-hmm. And every member of the body having a contribution in that. I think as we all mature and we grow together and, and you know, grow into the kinds of relationships and connections that the Lord has planned for us, we'll see a lot of those visions, uh, you know, come yeah. into being, thankfully. Very happy for that. One more in this section, Brian. Here's the... If I could throw a curveball, this is what it would be, (laughs) which I can't, and good for all of us, I guess. But what is it that you hope that engaging missions doesn't become?
0: Yeah, so I think there's a couple of things that I hope it doesn't become. One, and they're a little bit on extremes, if you will. So one is I hope it never becomes, I can't remember the, the group, but there were some groups back in the the late 70s and early 80s it had Christian ministries that were basically like a theme park and huge productions that were high quality, but very heavily produced to the point where looking back, it's hard to know how much reality was there. And I'm not saying that those weren't real because how would I know? But what I don't want is for it to ever look like it could be that, that it could be so produced that it's not real. On the On the other side and sort of related to that, I don't ever want it to be just a show or just a podcast. I don't ever want it to be sort of a one-night stand for missionaries and church planters that really doesn't have any impact on their lives and their ministries, the lives and the ministries of the listeners or the life in my ministry. I, I want it to be a real thing, a real connection, offering real value to, to whoever listens, to whoever is being part of it, and in a good and a professional way, but not in a way that's so refined that it's actually devoid of life or devoid of perceivable life.
2: Wow, great question, and I, I'm tracking with you on the theme park Christianity uh, stuff there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I think we have to be careful, especially as our ministries develop and we have measurable results. We, we have to continually draw ourselves back to the fact that we're doing, you know, we love Jesus for His own sake and everything else for for Jesus's sake, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know I said that backwards, but. I'm guessing that whatever our mid-century's brother who said that the first time, Thomas Akempis would yeah. probably, he'd be okay with that.
0: Well, And I, I, hope. <laughs> and I think it's it kind of plays into what Jacob shared, the, the missionary that you talked about from Spain, where he says, you know what, there is there is a, a book, there is a record, there is a scoreboard, if you will, but I don't have it. That place of record is in heaven. And so are people yeah. saved through his ministry? Absolutely. Does he have any idea how many? probably not and i certainly hope not because i would hope that there are more than they would ever think to track
1: yeah
2: absolutely that was a great comment that he made and and i felt like a mature comment as well i, I felt like that there's such a tendency for measurable results and and for demonstration of measurable results obviously from a corporate standpoint or mm-hmm. business standpoint or whatever i get that but if we're if we're if we're limited to only those things that we can capture and measure i think we're looking in in the wrong place for our gratification and for substantiating ourselves. I think part of that problem is we are trying to substantiate ourselves. You know? <laughs> yeah. Jesus Jesus said, "Don't tell anyone that I just healed you." Yeah. Go show yourself to the priest. Whatever. You know he 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 took a different tact in many cases. So I think we can certainly be informed by that and and really be better off for taking the approach that Jacob mentioned. Great guy, great interview. I would encourage anyone who's listening now who hasn't heard the interview with Jacob to, yeah, please give that a listen. Could you could you point us to that or give closer, more clear reference to it? Oh, yeah. Uh, Brian, and then we'll take a quick break.
0: Yeah, that's at engagingmissions.com slash Jacob Bach. And Bach is B-O-C-K.
2: Very good. Well, I think it'd be a great time for us to take a quick break here. I've got, we've gotten through one of, uh, one little <laughs> section of, of, What I have here is five sections. Ha, ha, ha. We're making good time, though. I'm feeling good about what we're doing. Thankful for those people who are listening. And hopefully people are getting encouraged and also will be animated by these things. So I'm ready to take that break when you are
1: here.
0: Okay. Well, then we're on a break. Hey, Engaging Missions listeners, this is Jim Baker from episode 119. Thank you so much for being a faithful listener to this show. Brian has been a huge encouragement to me personally and to my podcast, Doing Ministry Well. After a long hiatus, we finally have some new episodes up, and we'd love it if you check it out over at doingministrywell.com.
2: All right. As mentioned before, it's time to turn the tables here on Brian and give him the opportunity to expose us at a little more depth to what he's trying to accomplish what the Lord's doing with Engaging Mission Show, and, and some of the things that are making him tick, not necessarily the what, but the why. How can we get to the why of what the Lord is doing here? Obviously, in all of our lives, we're we're learning that more and more. I'm Scott McClelland, and I'm thankful to have had a chance to work with Brian here. He's been a great big help to me. The guys at the entire effort at Engaging Mission Show have helped us on the podcast side. And we're super thankful. Going to jump right into this set of questions here. Getting a little more on the personal side, as I remember you doing in the interviews. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. What inspires you, Brian, personally?
0: Yeah, so I think there are probably a couple of things. As, As I was thinking about this, I mean, first off, I love music. And so sitting down and listening to a broad range of music very often inspires me. Sometimes listening to a bunch of old dead people, anything from Wagner back can actually inspire me and make me think about God at at the same time i it doesn 't bother me at all to be listening to something that 's a lot more technologically driven. Some of the new worship stuff that 's come out i've i 've heard a couple of people that are now doing remakes of some of that some of that music, and it 's just stellar, so I find that that really inspires me. I also enjoy hearing the stories of what God's done. And that's part of what I've started really enjoying through the Engaging Missions show. When I was a kid sitting in church and hearing missionaries share the stories about what God was doing and all the hardships, I don't know that I got it at that point. I don't know that I felt connected to it, but now being you know in my early 40s, I definitely feel more connected. And then I would imagine that's gotta be a 100% God's work in my life and on my heart because it's not something that I would have imagined. I also really enjoy, and this is part of what I do with the show now, being able to pray for people. So as, as you know, Scott, before we start recording, I always pray with my guests now and I'll mm-hmm. ask them if there's something that I can pray about specifically, anything that they're comfortable with. I'm not trying to get deep, dark secrets, but you know, it could be their family, it could be their ministry, it could be anything that they don't want to talk about on the air, or they just want to make sure it gets covered. It could be somebody who's nervous. I really enjoy that. And then being able to take what they know or take what I know and share resources, tools, that that kind of thing, even encouragement with people who are discouraged, who are overwhelmed, who just don't know how to get through what they're going through. That leads me to the, one of like a billion things that inspire me by now, right? Seeing God at work, <laughs> feeling connected to his heart and feeling connected to his purpose in the world. That's kind of a big deal for me.
2: Absolutely. And and thankfully, there's a lot that the Lord gives us as uh, sources of inspiration. I personally am a non-musical. I mean, I my family is, uh, I have a lot of people in my family who can play an instrument, some who can sing, some who think they can do both. But I uh, <laughs> <laughs> think they can do both. I don't think I can do either. And I'm, I'm pretty sure, although I do occasionally like to walk around the house singing in, you know, opera or some other form of fantic <laughs> just for fun. Just mm-hmm. for fun. But I think I got that from another interview that you had, your love of music. So that's that's pretty cool. I also feel located culturally when you say Wagner. The oh way yeah. it's supposed to be sad. So well yeah.
0: so I actually went to school to be a music teacher. So they made us learn all of those names. Really? Yeah. So I went to school oh. to be a music teacher. So I had to learn Wagner and Beethoven and Mozart and all of those. And it wasn't that they tried to make us learn to say them properly. It was just by repetition, right? Gotcha. Yeah, it's good stuff.
2: Well, are, are you currently connected at all in that way? Not, maybe not as a music teacher. Obviously, I think you're doing something else full time. But what, what, what connection do you currently have to that?
0: So right now, I don't really have much. I was involved in the worship team at our church. I played the saxophone, and I did that for many years. But last fall, when my daughter got into school, I I stepped down from that because rehearsals were on Thursday nights, and it was just making it really difficult for us to get our kids to bed at a reasonable time. And then Sunday mornings, when we would have a pre-service rehearsal, we were running out of people to watch the kids. So I actually stepped down for that for a season. I don't know how long the season's going to be, but currently I'm actually not doing any of that.
2: Okay, I see. Well, I'd I'd be interested. I mean, I appreciate music, but it's from a distance. But I I'm I'm sure the Lord will make good on his investment there hmm. in you on the music side. So obviously families certainly come first, so I can appreciate that. On the flip side of that, what discourages you? That's a that's a weird question. Yeah. I realize it is. And and I mean we if you want to pass on that one, that's fine. But, I, I, it came to me to, to ask you that. No, I, You might want to modify the question to answer it more clearly. That's pretty general.
0: No, I, I think it's a fair question. When I first read that, I was like, wow, that sounds negative. But I started thinking about it. And I was like, well, there are some things that discourage me. And maybe allowing other people to realize that those things are out there can, can be valuable. So there are a number of things that discourage me. And we're not going to talk about all of them. But one thing <laughs> one thing that can be really hard as a podcaster is lack of feedback because you know I I do these roughly 45 to 60 minute shows and I put one out every week and almost never is there any feedback. And so that can be a real challenge. You just keep going and go, okay, I heard from this person three months ago that this made a difference in their life. So I know that it has to be making a difference. So we're just going to keep doing it. Whether I hear that people like it or I hear that people hate it, if I don't hear that at all, I'm still going to keep going. I don't like lack of perceivable progress. I've heard that success is the gradual realization of a worthy ideal, or, you know, there there are a number of different ways to do that. I am very completion-oriented. I would say goal-oriented, but I don't like to have a lot of goals. I feel a little bit constrained by goals, but if I have somewhere I want to get, which that's really what a goal is, right? If I have one of those, I want to be moving fast. I, I remember in college, one of my professors saying that I was doing something too fast and to be fair, it was conducting a song. So I probably was going too fast. And then his comment was, and you, you're always going too fast. And I'm like, okay, I kind of get that in terms of music, but let's let's take it to heart here. I don't like going slow. I like being stopped or I like going fast. And so not seeing any progress, that can really drive me nuts. And that's also one of the challenges then with what I'm doing here, because podcasts like this, it, you know, it, it's different from our culture. We're, we're used to building or putting things together. And this is a sowing and reaping thing. This is not agriculture, but it operates on those same principles where you have to put those seeds out there. And so that's, that's, that's a little bit difficult kind of as kind of related to that. I wouldn't say that I'm impatient per se because I am willing to wait, but sometimes I don't have the attitude of patience, if that makes sense. And so this all kind of comes into then trying to have a place where I don't have a bad attitude about not seeing a lot of progress or not getting a lot of feedback.
2: Yeah, I'm tracking with you. I know what you mean in terms of feedback and making a contribution. You're you're certainly not doing it for nothing. You're not taking your time, your money, your focus, you know, your efforts—you're not trying to do that randomly, and to for it to go into the void without a a sound that it hit a target. Yeah, <laughs> you know that can be hard. I know it personally, and I, I I think that is worthwhile. Perhaps that'll encourage people who are routine listeners, routine participants in your podcast to give give you some feedback. And I I think we, in some ways, we do this. Obviously, we do what we're doing as unto the Lord. And I would say in my case, most of the time that uh, goes without any, uh, yeah, <laughs> without any sound, like you dropped a penny into the well and you want to hear it
0: splash. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you yeah. know, that's, that's really good perspective because we are doing it as unto the Lord. And, and scriptures say things like, you know, when you give and you expect a reward here, don't expect one in heaven. So maybe we're just building mm-hmm. that up, right?
2: There we go. That makes sense to me. And I'm, I'm going to, take that as my own too. So thanks for saying that. I, I'm tracking with you. What are you not doing now that you hope to do?
0: Yeah. So there are a lot of things. And as I was thinking about this, I'm like, well, there there are so many different things I could talk about, you know, because I would love to do more on location stuff. I'm not really doing that right now. I would love to go to a multiple times per week podcast, but frankly, I don't think that... M- myself, me, and then the team that I have working with me, I don't know that we can support that because the people I have working with me, this is not their main gig, right? This is just something that they do a couple Mm -hmm. hours a week. And so I have to be real sensitive to that kind of thing. But there are definitely some things that I would hope at some point to be able to offer to missionaries, maybe to missions, pastors, and churches, that kind of thing that I'm hoping would be valuable and would maybe create a situation where I'm also able to then use the show to help support and help connect with other people and maybe Support me as well. And those are things like, you know, maybe offering up the production of short two to three minute videos for missionaries. That's something that our church has done now, where when we have a missionary that we've sent out, every month we're trying to get a, a short video back from one of the missionaries that we support so we can keep our church connected with what's going on with the people that we've sent out. And that then when they come back after two or three or five years overseas, they come back to a church that actually knows their face rather than an usher that says, hi, are you a visitor? Because they've seen mm-hmm. him there. I'd like to be able to offer maybe some training or resources or services to missionaries who want to do a podcast, because I think that it's a really valuable way to connect. For some people, talking is the way to go, because writing maybe seems difficult or too formal, or when they get all done, it doesn't sound like they wrote it. It sounds like somebody, like maybe they wrote it for their... Uh, middle school teacher or something, because it's really, really formal. It's not their voice. But if they did something that was audio, not only would be people, literal, people be hearing literally their voice, but they would hear it the way this person talks. And so they would feel that connection. And then also maybe, maybe some prayer guides or some prayer challenges, something to encourage us to, to care about people, to lift them up before God, and then to follow up and go, okay, what's going on in your life? Let's, we're not pastors. We're not doing pastoral care, but we care about you. We want to know, and we want to offer everything that we can.
2: Mm -hmm. those are all, I think, worthwhile things. Obviously, you're already doing some of those things in part. I can testify from, you know, the fact that you obviously have been a very big part of the Foundational Missions Leadership Podcast that was launched with principally your help. So may the Lord give you what you need there and clarity of insight in where to go there. And obviously. It's a blessing to me, and I want to say thanks again for for everything you've been doing for us. I have seen that be impactful, and I, I if I was only bilingual, it would, it, it would, you know, it would make <laughs> it better. I have uh, a lot to say to Latin America, at least in my own mind, and uh, my Spanish is is taking a long time to come around. That's about the only way to say it. Well, you, uh, you know, maybe that's
0: something where you could have somebody like Ida involved.
2: Yeah, absolutely. She's been closely involved and has been the principal translation person for things that we've done in writing. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I think she interviewed with you. Yeah, she uh, did. It was well.
0: great. I so enjoyed talking with her.
2: Yeah, she's she's quite a young lady. I think I'm, I'm proud to know her and hopefully my life's been an encouragement to her. And I think I'm looking forward to everything the Lord does for and through her. She's, she's quite a blessing. I actually have another question here that is in this section that I put on after i sent oh, you the notes that's, that's oh. the curveball right <laughs> yes and it, and it kind of loops back to something that i had noticed maybe about the time that we interviewed originally how is the running coming
0: yeah so the last 2 or 3 weeks the running has been non-existent <laughs> it's late may early june in nashville and so i've been having some allergy challenges but that's not that's not been all of it there's also been there was a week where typically I'll run a lunch for, at work. So I have mm-hmm. you know, between 11 and 12 or between 12 and one, I'll go out and I'll run 30 minutes, I'll shower and I'll come back. We have a, a, a gym at work. And so I would mm-hmm. do that. And for almost a week straight, I had either a lunch meeting or an all-day training nonstop. And so I missed an entire week that week and then the week when I came back, I, it was catch-up week and also I wasn't feeling well, so I haven't run in somewhere around 2 to 3 weeks. I was actually hoping to do a 5k like July 4th, but looking at it now I don't actually have enough time to train for that. So I'm going to I'm going to look for something else because I want to keep it a part of my life. Not so much because I love running, but because I love what it does.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I'm saying that to I'm saying that to throw it out there just to Really, I was interesting. I know at one point there, you were letting people kind of follow you on your, on your journey of running. Yeah. I'm trying to motivate myself as well. So I'm uh,
0: Yeah, that, that I'm actually, hoping. <laughs> that, that actually ended up being one of the places where the lack of feedback, actually, I just went, you know what? I don't think anybody's following this. So I shut that down. I'm still running. I mean, not this week, but I've still been running, but I actually shut that website down and everything because I just wasn't getting any traffic or any feedback from it.
2: Yeah, I I was, uh, sadly, I was one of those onlookers who was paying
0: attention but
2: not (laughs) saying anything, so (laughs) sorry about that. You're
0: very sneaky. We'll call you a ninja.
2: (laughs) Okay, well, I hope to live up to that. One thing I really appreciate about Engaging Mission Show is that it is giving us perspective for missionaries church planners people who are involved in the marketplace but really it seems like to me that the real target of the mar- of this ministry or of, of this show is that guy who's in the marketplace that g- that gal who's in the marketplace who is really feeling like they have something more to give just like yourself as you're talking about in the formation mm-hmm. of this effort i i personally have observed in a lot of the, you know, parts of Christianity that I'm familiar with, I'm talking about denominations and ministries Mm -hmm. and movements and things like that, that there to this day is a sort of a rigid perspective that is either or. Mm -hmm. And what I mean is either, either I'm going to be in ministry or I'm going to have an occupation. And that's, that's something that persists everywhere you go. It seems like to me that there's an idea that if you are serious about God, you're going to go into vocational ministry as a you know as a forty hour a week job, you know what i'm saying as yeah a, as a full time occupation, and the the sort of the opposite side of that is if you don't do that, you're not serious about God. I personally think that that is not true <laughs> isn't accurate. And it devalues everybody, really. If you, if you ask me, that, that kind of idea is a devaluing to people who feel like they are serious about God, but they don't feel like they need to be a pulpit preacher for the rest of their lives, and they don't think God's leading them to do that. What do you think? My question is, what do you think about this either or approach? Do you recognize it? Do you think this is something that is persisting intentionally or should it be something that we're looking to overcome?
0: Yeah, so I guess on the one level, that, just, that whole thing makes me incredibly angry because I believe that there are incredible believers who think that they don't matter because they don't fit the mold of what they think ministry is. I think that there are believers out there that are literally doing God's work every day in the marketplace who just don't see it that way because whether it's their culture or the work of the enemy or whatever, they just don't see it. And so they're living lives that are less than they could be. On the flip side, I think that there are probably people who are walking in vocational ministry where that's actually not what God's called them to, but because they feel like that's what they need to do to serve God, they're just in the wrong place. But at its core, what I think is going on, well, I mean, literally at its core, I think this is the work of the enemy. I think that this is something Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. the enemy would do to disconnect us from God and from his calling on, on, on our lives, but... I believe that this is also an opportunity for us to allow God to reform us into his image. I think that as a culture, and I can only speak to the North American culture, because that's really the only culture I'm part of, Mm, I, I think that we live incredibly disintegrated lives. And at the practical level, I think our culture probably plays a part into that, because when I go to work... My boss has an expectation that while I'm at work, I will abide by certain levels of company standards, that I will put out quality work, and that I will... You know, I'm allowed to take care of personal stuff, but I won't allow it to interfere with my job. And on the flip side, when I come home, you know, they may want me to work a little bit occasionally, but that home time is mine. And so that tends to lead us to a place where we think all of the parts are, of our lives are di- disintegrated. And I think that not only is that false, but mm-hmm. I think that the generation that's coming up after you and me, the millennials, the Gen Yers, the the Gen Zers, they're seeing this and they're going, "That's not what I want." And so this is where we come up with old people like us looking at them and going well they want to have uh, they, don't, they don't want to have work life balance they want the entire thing to blend together they want to have a deep purpose they want to have this they want to accomplish that and we can look at that and go wow that is incredibly arrogant or we could just maybe take a step back and go no wait a minute that's what i want too or that's what i used to want i just stopped believing that it was possible or i stopped believing that it was desirable for whatever reason i believe that every single calling is valuable. I believe that the calling to vocational ministry is valuable. I believe that the calling to vocational ministry is valuable. I believe that the calling to the marketplace is valuable. I believe that the church is a sleeping giant just waiting to be woken up and challenged and trained and equipped to do the ministry of God where they are, who they are, how they are. Everybody different, everybody being who they are in Christ, because I believe that's what's going to happen when we see Christ, that we're going to become like he is and that we're going to walk in the fullness of who he created us to be. And we can live in that in part right here, right now. But I think so many of us, perhaps myself included, are calling ourselves up short to that because we don't believe it's possible. We don't believe it's desirable. We don't believe that it's popular or we just have never even heard about it.
2: Mm. That, that was uh, some very, I know, heartfelt stuff that you're sharing there, Brian. And, and I think for that reason, very important and very impactful. And I, I'm, I just really was tracking with you there. It's, it's kind of one of the first times I've thought about, the as you say, the millennials who are trying to live one integrated life. Mm-hmm. You know, integrity means one, right? And if we're going to be people of integrity, we're going to be one person not only does that mean that we're not two different people in different scenarios, but it means that we are, we have one unified perspective and pursuit and, 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 and all of everything that we value fits into an integrated reality or an integrated whole. Mm -hmm. And that's the first time I've thought about uh, that in that way relative to the millennials. I'm I've got three daughters. The oldest one is 24, the 20-year-old, and then there's one who's 14. So I'm getting my exposure to uh, (laughs) everything I don't yet know (laughs) on a routine basis, not to mention we don't share the same gender. Mm -hmm. It's a constant education, Brian. Anyway, I, I know your kids are a constant education for you, Oh, too, my goodness. So th- thank the Lord for that. And I, I feel super honored. At the same time, I'm being a little cheeky about it. I am thanking God. So there are more questions than we have rode here. So we we do need to double back if that's going to be a possibility. I, I have probably an equal amount of questions that we haven't had a chance to cover, but I just want to say thank you to you for taking time and digging into this. I really feel like there's more inside of you that the Lord wants to make visible, and there's more inside of you that the Lord wants to give put your voice to that you can share with others. There's, I think you have a unique capacity to be an encouragement. I, that's what I sense coming from Engaging Mission Show and from your life. So thank God for that. And thanks for your efforts. Perhaps we can double back in the next several weeks and get another one of these pulled together because I think there's yet a little more and I, maybe a <laughs> few curveballs uh, yet to come. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'd love to do that. Awesome. Well, for the part of foundational missions and our leadership podcast and for FX missions, I'm Scott McClellan. And I I appreciate very much, Brian, your efforts. And I want to say bravo for what you've done and keep your eye on the horizon. I think the Lord's going to show you more than you've seen up to now. And that'll be to the great advantage of, of his kingdom. And of course, you and your efforts. So blessings to you, bro.
1: Thanks for taking the time. Thank you. Thanks to Brian for joining us in this way and to you also for joining us. Show notes are available at engagingmissions.com slash Brian Ansminger. That's how you can connect with our guests and find links to valuable resources. Make sure you come back next week when we'll be hearing from Brian Ansminger, Scott, that's me, and Brian return for the second half of this special series where we're turning the tables and putting Brian in the interview seat. Visit engagingmissions.com slash subscribe to make sure you don't miss this or any episode. And if you found this valuable, please help us spread the word. You might be the person God is using to create a connection, deepen a relationship, or provide valuable resources as you sow into His kingdom. Thanks for listening to The Engaging Mission Show. You can find more great content like this, along with show notes, by visiting engagingmissions.com or by subscribing to the show in iTunes or Stitcher. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us an honest rating and review in iTunes. Audio editing was provided by Jeff Butterworth of Sound Paradigm Studio. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week.